Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Brian Car 99, a 49ers podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. So, um, it's off-season time. We're officially in the off-season. Uh, the last couple podcasts, I hope that you enjoyed them. I put a lot of time, effort, and thought into them. So I hope that you got something out of it, just kind of summarizing and finalizing the rest of the season. We're officially on to next year. So that being said, um, there's going to be off season's always really fun. Uh, it's really fun because there's opportunity. There's a chance to start something new, something different. Every season is a new season. Every team is a different team. And this is your opportunity to hopefully make strides in the right direction. You know, where can you improve? How can you improve your team? Um, obviously, not every team does improve in the offseason. So it's tricky. You got to figure out how to do things right. You got to know how to re-sign the right players. You got to know how to sign free agents. You've got to know how to figure out throughout that process who's going to be the best fit for your team, fit for your culture, uh, scheme fits, uh, all that kind of stuff. And then there's also the draft. And the draft is its own monster where, again, you've got, you know, any given year, there's roughly four to five hundred draft prospects. And, you know, you on any given draft year, most teams are going to have six to nine picks roughly in the draft figure there's 32 picks per team, seven rounds. And then there's a essentially an eighth round, which is compensatory picks. So basically eight rounds in the NFL. So on average, there's eight picks per team. So you don't get a whole lot of picks out of four or 500 total people. You got to narrow it down. You got to find Who's the guy that's going to bring value? Who's going to fit? Who's got a developmental trait that I can, you know, coach him up, coach something out of him? You know, is this guy an elite physically physical athlete that I can, um, you know, raise his level of play with NFL coaching? Or is he tapped out and it's just kind of what you see is what you're going to get and you hope that it works at the next level? Is this somebody that you're projecting as a starter? Are they a role player? Is it a developmental guy? Uh, there's there's a whole lot of it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And we don't have a first-round pick, but we do have a lot of picks in the draft, and we're likely going to be getting more from the Jimmy trade whenever that does happen. Um, I'm expecting... Who knows exactly, but I'm expecting some type of day two pick. I I really hope that we can get a second rounder. Uh, a third would be cool too, but I think a second rounder is reasonable. I think there's three to five teams that I think would be really good destinations. We talked about about them already. You know, uh, Denver, Pittsburgh, Washington football team, uh, the Commanders, um, the Saints could be an option. Uh, although they're in, they're in kind of cap hell. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a couple options, but I think those are probably the best fits, you know, is Broncos, Steelers, Washington. Um, they're teams that are, you know, they're competitive. They have good defenses. They have some offensive weapons. I think that with a and there are teams that had terrible quarterbacks last year where, hey, if you plugged in Jimmy Garoppolo into that team, I'm pretty confident that team is at the very least making the playoffs, whereas maybe they just couldn't quite get there because, you know, they had Teddy Bridgewater or Taysen Hill or an old fat Ben Roethlisberger who couldn't throw the ball anymore. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Jimmy. I could see something happening quickly or it might not happen for another month. Um, I'm kind of expecting things to go quickly. I don't think Jimmy wants to really draw out the process. And I think that the teams that are in the market, um, I think that, I think we'll get a much better idea at, it's probably going to happen 
if it doesn't happen by the combine, I would say a week or two after the combine. Uh, and the reason I say that is because at the combine, all the players and all the different teams and the coaching staffs and the scouts and the general managers, they all get together there at the combine, which is, I believe, about one month from today. I think it's the first or second week of March, uh, which is going to be really fun. I uh, The combine isn't the most exciting thing to actually watch, but uh, I think that the uh, information that you get from it is extremely valuable because you get official numbers of, hey, how fast is this guy? How what is this guy's three cone? Like, what are his measurements? And uh, that can really, you know, elevate or lower a guy depending on how they do. You know, maybe you've got a guy that you think is like a fifth or sixth round guy, and then he just tests off the chart. You look at his tape again, and you're like, you know what? I think now I can put a third round grade on him. Or the opposite, like, hey, this is a third round guy. He doesn't test that well. Well, maybe he's only a fifth or sixth rounder because I don't think he's athletic enough to make it. And even though he's technically sound, I think he's maxed out at this point. So um, with all that information and then all the mingling that happens there at the combine, um, I'd be very surprised if Jimmy is not traded uh, within two weeks of the combine. Uh, that'd be very, very surprising. So we will see what happens. But anyways, uh, this episode, as I kind of tangent off, and uh, I guess I'll open my beer at this point, I'm finishing the... Uh, the last of the coconut porter from Black Raven Brewery. Ooh, so good. Anyways, uh, off-season primer. So what I wanted to kind of think about in this episode, and this isn't the draft episode. The draft episode is going to be right after this one. I kind of figured it made sense to separate them just because they're two different subjects that I want to dive in on. Um, off-season primer, um, I kind of want you to think about it this as what we're going to do is we're going to look and see um, what are the strengths of the team, what are the weaknesses of the team, what's our free agent kind of general status, you know, who we lose and what do we need to fill, uh, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get into exact specific numbers because those can kind of be fudged one way or another based off of, you know, um, trades, reworked deals. Um, you know, the way that contracts are set up, uh, offset language, like all, all that kind of nitty gritty stuff. I'm not going to get into, this is more just kind of big picture, general overview of what to look for in this off season. So what I want to do briefly is just talk about where I think the potential holes are in this team, um, where, and just kind of like where we're at and how do we want to attack this offseason. So I think the first thing is uh, let's just take a look at the roster. So just go through all the offense to defense. Um, so quarterback, Trey Lance, he's the guy. Um, Jimmy's going to get traded. We'll see what happens with that. Um, who's the backup? Who is the backup? I think that is a good question. Um, getting rid of Jimmy is going to save roughly $25 million in cap, uh, which I think puts us to a roughly 30 million total cap space. If that, if all 25 goes, uh, who knows, we might do something where we get a, we get a pick and then we agree to like take a third or half of his, uh, cap hit or whatever. That's why again, don't want to get too technical, but anyway, so quarterback, um, who's going to be the backup? Don't know. Since the team brought on. Um, Anthony Lynn as the assistant head coach. I do think that Tyrod Taylor is a perfect fit. Um, you've got a veteran who has worked with Anthony Lynn multiple times. Um, he has experience leading a team. Uh, he has experience mentoring people. Um, I think that he has a, a similar play style in the sense of he he's a he can run and I know that we don't want Trey to just exclusively be a runner but he has enough experience of knowing when to run that I think that could help Trey he's also good enough that if something happened to Trey for a game or a couple of games where Trey couldn't play you know Tyrod Taylor he would be good enough to plug in hey you can probably go win a couple of games for us um, 
He's been a backup now for basically two, three years. I think that he accepts that that is his role. Um, and we can probably get him for fairly affordable, you know, four, five, six million dollars. And I uh, figure Trey is going to cost you, I think, maybe six. So, you know, that's $11 million in a quarterback. Uh, QB room, that is not bad at all uh, versus the $30 million or whatever that we were basically doing last year. Um, and there's other potentials out there. I don't want to go too much into like all the different potential backups. Um, but short version is, uh, I think to Rod Taylor be good. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater could be an answer. He's a free agent. Um, Trubisky. Um, yeah, I'm not really seeing anything else here just on the uh, free agent list. Um, yeah, I mean, those would probably be, uh, I would say that'd be the best spot. Also, Mariota is going to be a free agent apparently. Um, but yeah, I would say, I think Terod Taylor is probably the perfect backup quarterback. All right. Um, and then QB three, it may or may not be, um, whatever his name is. Uh, so cool. That's quarterback, um, running back room. So running back room, uh, Raheem Mostert is a free agent and I believe that so is Jeff Wilson jr. Uh, we have Elijah Mitchell and, um, Trey Sermon on going into the second year of their rookie contract. And I'm really hoping that we see an improved Trey Sermon in year two. I think that Anthony Lynn is going to really help Trey Sermon um, develop into the, in the run game. Um, I think he's probably uh, been humbled. I don't know if that's the best way to put it. Um, But point being is Elijah Mitchell looks like a stud. I don't know if I want him carrying the rock, you know, 25 times a game for an entire season. I don't know if he's physically up for that. Um, I think he was really worn down at the end of the season. I think that him plus Trey Sermon is good. If we can get Raheem back on a team friendly deal, that'd be awesome. Um, you know, under $2 million, but at the same time with Mike McDaniel going to the dolphins, I think that that's a perfect fit where, you know, the dolphins have a lot more cap space and, uh, you know, they can lure Raheem over, and uh, he knows Mike McDaniel's run game. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. It'd be cool to have Raheem back. Um, but, you know, is what it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we have, uh, so we got Mitchell. We got Trey Sermon. I believe Jamichael Hastie's also in. We got Juice under contract. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we added another running back. Um, or we brought back, um, again, if we can get Mostert on a cheap deal, that's cool. If not, let him walk. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. I really like how hard he runs, but he's never been impressive. I think you let him walk. I think the ideal thing is, uh, day three draft pick. We've got three seventh rounders. You know, we've got a fifth, a sixth. Um, I would have zero problems if we used, you know, a couple of our seventh rounders to like move into the sixth round and draft a running back. Um, I am all about drafting a running back. I just don't think you should ever draft them high. I think the day three, um, pretty much every single draft, you should try and find a day three running back that you like. If every year you draft a running back in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, that's great because they're under contract. They're inexpensive. You got them for four years. And, um, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's not like a nice thing to say, but you know, run them into the ground because it doesn't really make sense to pay running backs. They're not worth the money to pay them because so much of running back production comes down to blocking scheme and the blocking. And, uh, you know, the, the best running back in the NFL, in my opinion, is, not worth $15 million in cap space when you can spend 15 million in cap and instead get two quality interior offensive linemen that blow a hole open for any old running back. And you also have some improved pass protection and it's not locked up in a running back and running backs get hurt a lot. So I would be all for us picking up a running back, in the draft day three, that's probably going to be one of my, uh, podcasts that I do is, uh, looking at day three running backs, looking at wide receivers. We're going to be pretty bare. Uh, we've got Debo who's 
amazing. And he is going to be available for an extension this offseason. So he may or may not be getting like a $15, $20 million a year contract. Uh, we've got Ayuk. Ayuk is still under contract for three years if we decide to exercise the fifth year option. And then after that, I think that Juwan Jennings is the only other one on the roster. And I think that we have him as a, um, it's either like an exclusive rights free agent where we can basically bring him back on super cheap. Um, now, because we drafted him in the seventh round, but then he was on the practice squad his first year, we don't actually have him on his rookie contract, which is a, which is a bummer. And I like Juwan Jennings, but I don't think he really moves the needle. Um, he is a physical, um, possession receiver, but I don't think he brings enough speed, uh, to really be an impact player. Um, again, I really like him. You know, you bring him in there, especially on running plays, him as a blocker, him as just like a physical guy, a third down possession guy. I like him. Um, but I think that his ideal role is the number four uh, wide receiver. I really would like us to elevate our wide receiver room because those are the only three wide receivers that we have under contract. So if you look at wide receivers in the free agency, maybe, but I just, I don't think that it makes sense for, um, I don't think it makes sense with cost. And as far as what we're looking for, I do think that we need to upgrade the receiver room and there's a specific kind of, so there's basically, there's one thing that I want to do with the receiving room is I want to add more of a vertical threat, um, to the passing game. And there's basically two ways that you can do that. Either you can get a speed guy that can get open deep. So um, Ayuk could fill this role. Uh, I think he's more of a separator than a burner, um, but a speed guy. So somebody who has enough speed that it forces the defense to back off. Because when you force the defense to back off, because they know that you could go deep. And with Trey, we can go deep now. This is why I want a deep threat uh, because with Trey having such a strong arm, his ability to go deep and his, you know, his want to go deep, you know, he threw the ball fairly deep when he was in there, when he was a few times that he did have a chance to play. Remember he had like a 45 yard touchdown pass to uh, Debo. Uh, Trey doesn't always take checkdowns. He's more than willing to hang in the pocket for that extra second and hit that 40-yard post route or whatever. Um, so getting a third person that can stretch the defense vertically is going to also open things up over the middle. And when you force things back, it opens up the run game. So this is why it's so exciting having Trey Lance because now you don't have... Defenses are not going to be able to play eight, nine guys in the box to stop the run because they know that Jimmy isn't going to throw more than 10 or 15 yards over the, over the middle with Trey. He will throw outside the numbers. He will throw 20, 30, 40 yards down the field. You got to back those safeties up. You got to back those corners up. And now if you got a guy that run that's exploding off the line with like a four, four speed or a sub four, four speed. Now you really got to back off. And now you can't put eight guys in the box, which clears up the run game. So I really think that we need to add some type of vertical threat. Uh, there's two ways that two ways that I can think of at this moment. Um, one of them is just a pure burner. Um, if you just get a really, really fast guy that can threaten deep. Um, next episode will be uh, draft prospects, but uh, Bo Melton really like him like budget Tyreek Hill. He's not Tyreek Hill. Don't get me wrong, but you watch him and you're like, I can kind of see that. And he looks like he has a like four, four flat, maybe sub four, four speed. He's not a perfect prospect, but in terms of somebody in like a, you know, day three prospect, fourth, fifth, sixth round. Hell yeah. Give me a speed guy. Um, the other way that I think that you can stretch the field vertically 
is just with a um, a big target. So a big guy. Um, as long as he's big enough to get downfield with speed. So like Jawan Jennings, I like Jawan Jennings, but he doesn't have the speed to threaten vertically. Uh, he runs like a four seven. And if you're a big guy, you don't need to run a four four. I think that, you know, if you're expecting to find a guy who's six, two, six, three, who runs a sub four, four and, you know, just like snag jump balls, like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but like, there's not a Calvin Johnson in every draft and we don't have a first round draft pick. And we're probably looking at a round four or round five receiver. But if you can find a guy who's big enough, um, who can get those jump balls, who can, you know, snag the ball out of the air and you can just say, you know, fuck it. He's down there somewhere. If he has enough speed to burst off the line and threaten again, you just got to threaten those DBs deep. Then again, you're going to open up the middle. So uh, for something like that, you're looking for a big body kind of contested guy who has enough speed. Uh, So that would be somebody like, um, you know, Christian Watson at the moment has been getting a whole lot of hype because he had a really good senior bowl He's 6'4". He's out of North Dakota State. He's Trey's old teammate. Uh, 6'4", long arms, snags the ball out of the air, huge catch radius, and uh, he's rumored to have somewhere in the 4'4", 4'5", speed. Um, If that's true, he's probably working his way up into day two versus being a day three prospect. Um, But yeah, you know, you're looking for a guy who's, I would say, over 6'1", with long enough arms who can win those possession catches, who can go up and get it, who can be just a big target downfield. And uh, this is kind of like a role player. So one of the things that I was kind of thinking at about before doing this podcast was, are we looking for a starter? Are we looking for, you know, somebody to fill a specific role uh, what are we kind of looking at here? Um, let me see if I can bring up my notes. Um, by the way, I already have five pages of draft prospect notes. So just saying, it's uh, it's going to be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, is, is this a starter? Is this a role player? Uh, are they a scheme fit? That's another thing. Do they fit the scheme? So I'm just looking at some free agents here. Um, let's see here. Um, Sammy Watkins, maybe a deep threat. So Valdez Scantling, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, I don't think he's amazing, but he is tall. He's long. He can threaten deep and he's a big target. So somebody in that kind of mold, um, or uh, like a Will Fuller as a speed threat. You know, he's not necessarily the best, but he's a role player. He has speed and he can get vertical and he can threaten you deep. So that's just kind of a, uh, a general idea. You know, we're not going to just like, you know, find we're not going to find Tyreek Hill in the sixth round, uh, you know, who runs like a four three flat. We're not going to you know, again, find a, a Calvin Johnson type or an AJ Green, um, you know, in their prime in in day three. But you can definitely find a role player. And that's what I'm looking for for a wide receiver. Um, also, again, wide receivers, we're pretty bare. We've only got basically three under contract. Realistically, you want to have five. So I wouldn't be surprised if we picked up one or two um, in the draft. And I also wouldn't be surprised if we brought in one or two kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say bottom of the roster, but um, an inexpensive wide receiver through the free agency. Like maybe we decide to bring back uh, Trent Sherfield as, uh, you know, like our wide receiver five because he's really good on special teams and, you know, he can he can do some of that like deep threat stuff and he's not amazing, but, you know, he's a role player. So maybe we bring him back on another inexpensive deal. All right. So that's wide receivers, uh, tight ends. So Dwelly's a free agent. 
I don't really care too much for Dwelly. I think he's like a solid kind of route running guy and he kind of gets open and he can make a couple of catches, but he doesn't really move the needle. Um, you know, obviously we've got Kittle amazing and we've got Charlie Warner going into year three of his four year rookie deal. So Charlie Warner, um, good blocker. Okay. Receiver. Um, there are a lot of tight ends in this market as free agents. So I'm just going to list off a couple of free agent tight ends. Uh, Mike Gesecki, Dalton Schultz, David Njoku, uh, Gerald Everett, Evan Ingram, uh, Max Williams, Mo Ali Cox, OJ Howard. I mean, any of those guys I think would be a, a really good uh, tight end too. So you know, maybe we decide to upgrade tight end two through free agency. You know, we can find one of these guys on a, a couple year deal. If we can get a good deal, if not, again, um, look to the draft. Um, you know, again, late, uh, a day three pick, you know, maybe, uh, maybe around four, round five tight end. Um, and with this again, what kind of tight end are you looking for? What kind of scheme fit? Um, one of the things that I'm going to be paying attention to with tight ends, at least in terms of drafting is, uh, how good are they at blocking? Because we know this is a running team. We need a team that runs the ball. Uh, their pass catching is going to be secondary to how good they are running. Uh, highlight videos are fun, but typically tight end highlight videos are just them, you know, running up the seam and catching a ball and then being dragged down by two or three guys because they're so big. Um, but anyway, so tight end, uh, it's a good free agent market for tight ends. Um, I don't know if we go that way, but it's something to think about. Offensive line is very interesting. So let me see here, pull up all the offensive lines that are going to be uh, in theory available in the free market. So we've got our left tackle taken care of left guard. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson's a free agent. I really hope we bring him back. Um, he's also a guy where I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Miami. I think that uh, that would be an ideal fit for him. They have a lot of cap space uh, so he could get paid. He knows uh you know, Mike Gusecki, uh, or sorry, Mike McDaniel. He knows the run scheme really well. So he knows the blocking scheme. They really need offensive linemen. So I really hope that we can bring him back, but I don't know if somebody else is going to want to, you know, pay more. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I, I really hope that we can bring back Lake and he's been solid. He hasn't missed a game in what, like four and a half, five years. Um, so yeah, but anyways, um, our center, hopefully Alex Mack is back. Um, I don't, again, Alex Mack is not in his prime, but I think he was good enough this year that if he's back next year, he'll be good enough again. And we can definitely draft a guard as a, you know, developmental guard, um, or sorry, center, a developmental center, maybe somebody who starts at guard moves over to center. Um, maybe somebody in house is able to fill in for that or develop into that. Um, but hopefully he's back. Cause I would feel a lot better having that left side with those three guys here than not, uh, right guard, huge question mark. Is it Brunskill? He's, uh, got a restricted contract, so he could be back for really cheap. Is it Banks? Did he develop enough to, to take the starting job? Is it Jalen Moore who was developed, who was drafted to move to guard and has played uh, some left and right tackle, but mostly played tackle, even though he was drafted to play guard. Is it Colton McKivitz who we've kind of seen little bits of, and he's just kind of been okay. Or is it none of them? We really don't know. Um, I think offensive line, I would not be surprised if we drafted an offensive lineman. I really don't like the idea of spending another high pick. Um, but this is a good draft for, um, this is not a bad draft for offensive line. I think there's uh it's, it's really good at the top. 
And then there's some solid guys in like day two. Um, and then day three, you, you never really know what you're going to get with day three. But I think day two, there's a couple good prospects. Um, you know, I think the end of round three, so with like our uh, with our third round pick or our comp pick, I think that would be because it's like, you know, you're in like the 90s or so. I think that is where I would personally prefer to take an offensive lineman if we decide to move that way. Um, but really, it, who knows? I mean, we've got three guys on rookie contracts with two plus years and a whole lot of mystery. And then we have right tackle where, again, who knows what's happening with right tackle? Is McGlinchey's rehab going well? Is it not? Uh, I think that we'll probably learn a lot more about McGlinchey depending on how the draft goes. Um, I don't think that we're going to be paying an offensive lineman though, outside of the guys we already have. Um, I'm just trying to see here if there's anyone that stands out um, that we could pick up. I mean, Connor Williams has been okay on the Cowboys as their right guard. Uh, not great, but you know, he's been okay. PFF has him ranked as the 38th uh, best guard. Uh, James Daniels uh, with the Bears. Uh, he's coming off a rookie contract. He's been okay. Um, yeah, and then you got, you know, your older guys. You got Ben Jones, who's 32. Andrew Norwell, who's 30. Morgan Moses is uh, a tackle, who's 31. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Either way, though, point being is that our offensive line is kind of a mystery. Um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we drafted a guy. I don't know if we're going to pay for it. Um, and I think that uh, free agency and the draft is going to tell us a lot about how they feel about the right side of the offensive line. Uh, so we'll just try and keep... Uh, Keep our nose and our ears and eyes open for any rumors about uh, what the team is thinking of this draft. So there we go. That's the offense. Defensive needs. Now along the defensive, uh, we'll just we'll start with DBs. We'll, we're going to do the opposite this time. <laughs> Let me have a sip here. So starting with DBs, safety. Jimmy Ward's under contract. Um, he's aging, but he's still really good. I really like Jimmy Ward. So we got free safety taken care of. Um, strong safety is a question mark. Tart is a free agent. Um, where do they have him ranked? Boy, PFF is really not, uh, happy about Tart. Really? They don't even have them listed. Hmm. I feel like their list is wrong then because Tart's a free agent. Um, should we bring him back? I don't know. I'd be okay with like one more year, but again, you're also talking about a guy who's 30 years old, who's had an injury history. Um, he's a really good player when he's on the field and, uh, he's a really good, strong safety. Um, but you know, we could upgrade definitely in this. This is a pretty good free agent safety class. So, uh, Marcus Mays, uh, or sorry, Marcus Williams, uh, Saints, he's a free agent. Jesse Bates, Bengals, he's been pretty good. He's a free agent. Tyron Matthew is a free agent. Dude, if we brought in Tyron Matthew, that would be really good. Could you imagine Tyron Matthew back there with Jimmy Ward for a couple of years? Whew, that'd be really good. Uh, Marcus May uh, of the Jets. Quandre Diggs um, from the Seahawks. Jordan Whitehead, Tampa Bay, Justin Reed, Houston Texans, uh, Devin McCourty, I think is way too old. He's nearly 35. Uh, Kareem Jackson's too old. Uh, yeah. J Ron curse. Don't think so. So yeah. Uh, Terrell Edmonds. He's an option at strong safety. Jabril peppers. Maybe I don't think so though. Um, and I don't think any of those guys near the bottom are good enough. Um, safety is definitely a spot where I could see us drafting. This is a good safety class. There's a lot of quality safeties in the, uh, in like the day two range, uh, whether you're talking about Petrie or, 
Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I don't have my list. But either way, good safeties. There's there's probably about uh, three or four safeties that are quality day two safeties, I think. And again, I've just got started on draft stuff, so I have to really dive into their film before I get confident in my opinions. But uh, initial take is good safeties for day two. Uh, cool. So that's the safety. And, uh, I like Hafanga, but I don't want him to be the starter there full time. I just really don't trust his athleticism, uh, you know, for 17 games. Cause there's, he's gonna get picked on teams are going to see. Yeah. He's slow. And I think I mentioned this last time, like he kind of plays like a veteran, you know, like, uh, he's, He's pretty much like technically sound, assignment sound. He's usually where he needs to be. He knows how to make up for the fact that he doesn't have speed, but he doesn't have speed and he's not an elite uh, level athlete. He's, you know, uh, uh, the fact that he plays as well as he does with his, uh, with his lack of athleticism compared to other NFL safeties is impressive. I'll say that. Uh, but he was also a fifth round pick for a reason. And I don't, I don't want him as my starting strong safety or free safety next season. So I could see us drafting a guy. I could see us picking up a safety in the free market. Safeties usually aren't too expensive to get a decent starter. You know, you can usually pick them up for uh, eight or ten million dollars. Um, you know, unless you're the Seahawks and you want to overpay uh, <laughs> uh, Adams, which is funny. Pay him like sixteen, seventeen million dollars or whatever. But uh, anyways, so that's safety. Um, safety is kind of a question mark. Corner, I I don't hate our starting corners if our starting corners are Mosley, Ambry Thomas, and Demo Lenore in the slot. Um, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. This is somewhere where we could definitely upgrade. Um, again, corners, there's a couple corners that I really like in the second round. Um, I don't really love anybody in the third or fourth round, but then there's some guys that I'm like, Hey, fifth round, if they're there, I think they'd be good. Um, like, uh, Tyreek Castro fields. If he's there in like fourth or fifth round, I think he'd be really good. Um, he had a really good senior bowl and he's currently projected on most uh, mock drafts as like a, uh, like a fifth or sixth rounder. Um, let's see here, but, uh, corners. So corner is one where I would be okay. If we wanted to spend some money, um, JC Jackson is a free agent. Um, Carlton Davis is a free agent of Tampa Bay. Uh, Darius Williams of the Rams. He's been solid for them. Uh, he is 29, but not terrible. Um, or, you know, you could go the, uh, you could go the veteran route. You could go Casey Hayward jr. You know, he's not what he used to be, but, Hey, if you just want to put them in the slot, you know, if you have, if you got Mosley and Ambry on the outside and then you got veteran Casey Hayward Jr. in the slot, like I don't hate that, uh, especially if you can get him at a decent price, you know, like two, three, four million bucks or something. Um, yeah. So there's options out there. There's a couple options. And this is again, one of the positions where, um, I don't hate the idea of paying if you can get a really good guy. Here's the way I see safety is safety is a lot like receiver in the sense that they're always on or corner is a lot like safety in this or corner is a lot like wide receiver. Damn. I can't use my words Um, in the sense that you always have pretty much two or three of them out there. So if you can upgrade your number one guy, then you're basically upgrading all three of the positions through that kind of depth ladder. If that makes sense. If you can upgrade your number one wide receiver or your number one corner, you've upgraded three positions, right? So I don't hate the idea of paying for a high level corner. Will we? Don't know. Um, This team hasn't necessarily showed that that's something that they're interested in doing, but maybe, you know, we're like, Hey, JC Jackson, we'll pay for it. And uh, we will have an elite corner. Um, yeah, who knows? So that's corner again, uh, draft. I think this is one where I wouldn't mind doing a high pick on a corner. Um, again, we'll get more into them, but somebody like, uh, 
Jeez, I really like uh, like Kyler Gordon uh, out of University of Washington as like a second round pick. Uh, just elite athlete, uh, super athlete. Uh, just like needs to work on his zone instincts a little bit better. Um, yeah, and then like, uh, or maybe a slot guy. I love uh, Marcus Jones out of I think it's Houston love him as a as a slot he's uh like 5'9 180 but dude just twitchy uh super athletic and ball hawk uh super fun and guys like that'll fall in the draft like if we could pick up marcus jones in like the late third like with our like 90th or 100th pick or something hell yeah plug him in at slot and he's athletic enough and fast enough that uh, you don't need to worry about him getting beat when you match up, you know, your slot man on one nearly as much as K1 Williams, who I don't know if he'll be back or not, but K1 Williams does not have the speed to be manned up on guys anymore. He just doesn't. He's a really good run defender. He's a good blitzer. Uh, he's a free agent. I don't know if they bring him back. Um, are we going to bring back any of our um, corners? I don't know. Again, you got Mosley under contract three more years. You got Demo under contract three more years. Um, sorry, Ambry and Demo, they've got three more years. Mosley, you have him, but it was only a two-year extension. So you only have him for one more year. Although if he continues to play well, maybe he's up for an extension next year. So I think that's our corner situation. Again, uh, don't mind paying for a really good one. Also, don't mind drafting one highly if it's the right fit. Because uh, it's an important position that's really valuable. So, uh, moving up a little bit to linebacker, we still have uh, another year of Dre Greenlaw. And obviously, we've got Fred. Uh, we've got Dre Greenlaw for one more year on a rookie contract. Uh, so, we'll see if an extension happens or if they decide to roll off on that. I think Dre, Go- Dre Greenlaw is good. I don't think he's like great or elite, but I think he's a good linebacker. And I definitely think he's a starting uh, number two linebacker on this team and in this league. And I think it really sucks that he had the injury, but you know, he's really good and I expect him to be healthy next year. And I expect him to play really well. He's usually pretty good in coverage. He's usually a really good tackler. He doesn't always make the splash plays, but he does sometimes. And they he's not a big hitter, but he is big play Dre. He usually makes his big plays in coverage. He likes to get those interceptions. Um, if I remember correctly, I think Aziz Alshire is, he's either a free agent or he's either unrestricted or he's restricted. I think he's restricted, meaning they can bring him back on a cheap deal, but I could be wrong. Um, I really like Aziz, especially just what he did this year. I think he did such a good job filling in with that number two position, developing and showing how he's a big hitter. Uh, he reminds me so much of a similar kind of style of player of a uh, Kwan Alexander, just, you know, flies around downhill, big hitter, big play, sometimes misses plays, sometimes misses a tackle. But uh, just, you know, downhill big hitter, flies around the field. I really like him. Uh, Hopefully we can bring him back. Uh, Linebacker I don't think is a need. This is one where, you know, if we're going to add. And then after that I think we've got like Demetrius Flanagan Fowles and uh, Marcel Harris. I don't know if they're up for a deal or not. If they're restricted and we can keep them here on, you know, like the minimum, I'm okay with it. Uh, But otherwise... We don't really need a starting linebacker. We just need depth. And depth is where I kind of look at day three of the draft. Is there, you know, an athletic linebacker that you can draft or a, uh, like a really big, strong safety? You know, you, this, that's one thing this team has done a lot of is they have converted safeties to linebacker. I mean, that's literally what almost all of our safeties are like or our linebackers like Fred Warner kind of played a safety linebacker position in college. Dre Greenlaw was a safety and then converted to linebacker. Uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. He was a safety that we converted to linebacker. Marcel Harris was a safety. We converted to linebacker. If we can find, you know, a 
really physical safety, you know, that's a six foot to six to 220 pounds, uh, you know, why not, why not turn him into a linebacker? We seem to be really good developing linebackers. So I would have zero problem with that. And I really don't want to pay for like a number three or a depth linebacker. Uh, I just don't think it's worth it. There's some linebackers out there, but looking through the list of free agent linebackers, none of them really excite me at all. Um, yeah, n- none of them really excite me. Like I'm not going to overpay for Devondre Campbell. I don't want 32 year old Dante Hightower. He doesn't fit the scheme. Uh, Foyasade, Alokun. I think he was with, um, gosh, where is he from? I don't remember. I want to say the Falcons. Um, you know, he's, he's in his prime, but you know, I don't want to overpay for a depth position. So ideally we're looking for somebody who's athletic that can cover, uh, that can also play on special teams. Uh, so again, I kind of like this as a day three draft or like a, a vet minimum kind of thing on an athletic guy. Uh, after linebackers, we move to the defensive line. Now the defensive line is interesting because we've got some really good defensive ends on the team. We've got some really good defensive tackles on the team, but we're potentially losing a lot of them. Uh, so for example, we've got Bosa. Bosa's awesome. Um, after Bosa at defensive end, eh, the list is pretty short. Uh, so defensive end, uh, we've got Nick Bosa. Awesome. Love it. He should be under contract for the next two, the next two year or two. He's up for an extension, but we have control over the contract for another like two years. Um, and then after that, you've got Samson Abukum, who is on a two year deal going into his second year. So he's going into the last year of his contract. You've also got Charles Amenahue, who is on a rookie deal, but he is also going into the last year of his contract. So we've got Bosa and then we got a couple guys who are going into the final year of their contract. And then we've also got a bunch of free agents where we've got, um, Arden key is a free agent after this year. I think Jordan Willis is a free agent. Um, let's see who else is there. Yeah, this is just, sorry, off the top of my head. It's hard to remember everyone. Let me pull my notes up here. Um, yeah, I mean, D Ford, uh, D Ford is, he's technically still on the team. I, I expect him to retire or get cut. Uh, the good news is that I believe after the restructure, um, Ford will clear up somewhere between like seven and $8 million worth of cap space. Um, D Ford has been so good when he's on the field, he just hasn't been on the field. So I expect him to be gone next year. So we really don't have much defensive line, uh, on the defensive, uh, as far as a defensive end or an edge player. Now, In the draft, I really like this draft class for edge. It is deep. There are obviously the really, really, really high draft prospects. So it's uh, there's Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, number one, number two pick in the draft wouldn't surprise me. They are extremely good prospects at defensive end. Um, but they're not the only ones there's legitimately, um, in, in my opinion. And again, I haven't had a chance to look in depth at these players. I'm just kind of getting my bearings at the draft, but there are legitimately, I think 10, potentially 12 edge defenders that could go in the first three rounds of this draft. So there's really good at the top, but it's also deep. You know, you've got potentially guys like uh, Majai Sanders out of Cincinnati. Uh, he could be available day two. Um, Jermaine Johnson out of Florida. Really like him. Amazing senior bowl. Dominated everybody. Probably worked his way into the first round. Uh, probably worked his way into the first round. Um, and then you've got guys like Cameron Thomas, who I haven't had a chance to look at yet, out of San Diego State. Probably a round two guy. You've got Boye Mafe, who 
did really good at the senior bowl as well. Probably elevated himself into uh, a second round pick. So you've got, and that's just off the top of my head. That's not even counting like, uh, like uh, uh, Kingsley Ebike, uh, Arnold, uh, Arnold E something. Um, again, on the draft, like I'll get into more of it, but really good draft class. I really like, and they like building through the defensive line. So I would be very surprised if we did not pick up a edge defender with a day two pick. And the good news is we're probably going to have four day two picks. So we should have that opportunity to pick up one that we like. So I'll definitely be deep diving into the defensive ends this class. Um, On the defensive interior, uh, same kind of thing. You know, we've got a whole lot of, uh, you know, we've got a couple of guys holding down, and then we got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, question marks and people leaving. So Eric Armstead, it seems like he has found a home on the inside. I think that's where he does his best work. We got him locked down. Maybe they we rework his contract a little bit to free up some cap space. Um, and then after that, not a whole lot under contract. We have, uh, we do still have Javon Kinlaw, I hope that his, um, I really hope that his surgery ended up fixing the issues and he comes back and just wreaks havoc on interior offensive lines next season. Uh, I'm not going to count on it just because we really haven't seen it from him. And it's a shame that we picked him and we've got so little from him in two seasons. You know, we've got, I think, two sacks. Um, But just in terms of like a, uh, a big guy who can just fuck up the middle of the interior of the offensive line, you know, just fuck up run plays, stuff the run, just wreak havoc along the interior. Um, I like him if he's back healthy. He'll be going into the third year before your contract, so we still have him under contract track for two years. We just really don't know how his injury is going to pan out. So I really hope that he is progressing well on his rehab. Um other interior guys, you know, DJ Jones, you know, unrestricted free agent. Really hope we can bring him back. I would say he is probably one of my top three priorities uh, in terms of just um, somebody that you want to bring back and pay. So DJ Jones and Lakin Tomlinson, those are the two first guys that I am like, hey, we're giving you a two, three-year extension. Uh, really like DJ Jones. Really, really, really good run-stuffing nose tackle. Uh, he he doesn't typically show up in the sack total, so maybe that helps with, his, uh, with the amount of money. But DJ Jones might be getting paid. He's like the, the best, youngest defensive tackle in this, uh, in this uh, free agent class. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, we got 32-year-old Akeem Hicks, 35-year-old Calais Campbell. Um, I don't know who uh, Fata Cassie is, who's 27. B.J. Hill, uh, out of the I think out of the Giants, is 26. D.J. Jones, 27. And then again, you got Linval Joseph, 33. Sebastian Joseph Day, he's good. Uh, he's not as good as DJ Jones, though, with the Rams. He's 27. Malik Collins, he's going to be 27. Um, so, you know, DJ Jones might be getting paid. I really hope that we give him an extension because he's so good at the nose tackle position. Um, and then after that, it's like, who do we have along the interior? You know, like Kevin Givens. Eh. Like, I, I like him as like a penetrating three technique, but that's kind of it. Just in pass rushing situations. Um, Contavious Street, I think he's the free agent or going into the final year of his deal. Um, or maybe he's restricted because he was on IR. I don't know. Um, but again, he's not a needle mover. This is another one where, you know, maybe we go into the draft. Um, because this team really likes to build through the defensive line. And, you know, if you want to build the defensive interior, hey, pick up someone, you know, for the interior, somebody like, uh, you know, somebody to stuff the run. So I'm trying to think who are, let me pull this up real quick. My defensive interior list. It's not a big list, but who do I have? Uh, Neil Farrell jr. Out of LSU. 
that could be an option as a uh, as a nose tackle. Uh, let's see here. Travis Jones, he'll be gone early. Logan Hall, he's more of a, uh, a outside-in uh, kind of a big end slash three technique. Same with Zach Carter, same thing. Big end, uh, big end that kicks inside three technique. Um, yeah, but either way though, you know, uh, maybe Travis Jones, uh, nose tackle. So there's a, there's a couple of guys that might be available in the mid rounds. You know, maybe one of them slips. Uh, the thing with the draft is there's always somebody Every draft, it's always, how did he fall so low? And then on the other side, really? They picked him that early? Nobody thought he was that high of a draft prospect. So you never know how the draft is going to line up, but you kind of hope that uh, somebody slips through the cracks and one reason or another, and then they just kind of fall to you at that extreme value pick. Um, So again, defensive line, just in general, I think that we're going to take a defensive end high and I think that we will add more defensive line depth uh, later on through the draft. Again, we have a lot of picks. We're probably going to have four picks on day two and then we've got a five, a, a, we've got a four, a five, a six and three sevens. So we'll probably have a very active day three of the draft. We know how Shanahan is and all that with moving up, moving down and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm going to kind of summarize here to finish up because we're pushing an hour um, on offense. Offensive line is a big question mark. I feel like we'll learn more as the draft approaches. Um, wide receiver, we need depth, but I think we really should get a field stretching number three because uh, our number one and number two are really good, but we need someone, a vertical threat as a third option. Uh, tight end two is an option. Running back depth is an option. Uh, these are things where don't overpay for the depth players. You know, better to spend a draft pick or get someone on an inexpensive deal. On the defense, um, you know, I'm okay with paying a safety or paying a corner if they're really good because uh, we need a safety and we could really use an upgraded corner. Uh, and it's something that I think we can afford and I think there's a good market for it. Linebacker, uh, I think all you really need is a depth piece and this moment in terms of focus. So, again, uh, get someone on like a vet minimum deal, somebody who's athletic enough to play special teams, day three draft pick, and then defensive line. Uh, I don't think we're going to spend a lot of money on the defensive line. Uh, I really hope that we re sign DJ Jones, uh, re sign Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, we're probably going to spend a high pick on a defensive end and we're probably going to add some defensive tackle depth along uh, the defensive tackle depth through the draft as well. So um, moving forward, um, I think I'll probably have some type of, I'm I'm probably going to have some type of just in-depth free agent targets. Uh, Free agency doesn't technically start until the new league year starts, which is March uh, 16th. So that's technically when all the deals go through. A lot of the times there's that tampering period, you know, the two days beforehand or whatever, where they're kind of like making deals and signing them quote unquote, but not really, but really, but we'll sign the papers on that day. Um, So we'll probably get more in depth with the free agency stuff. Um, you know, I would say probably a week or two before then, especially because I'll have a better idea about the draft prospects and what our re-signs are looking like. And uh, beyond that, I mean, it's going to be a whole lot of draft stuff for the next uh, the next two months, which I am very excited about. Um, also, if you've listened this far, credit to you. And I will say the YouTube page is going to be happening. Um, Over the next week or so, I'm going to figure out how to do this video editing, uh, basically, you know, where I can watch game film and do commentary. And I'm going to start looking at draft prospects, watching their film, commentating, and I'm going to invite you along for the process. So um, my YouTube channel, it currently has zero videos, zero followers, all that stuff. So 
Uh, that'll be coming soon, and I'm very excited to start doing some film breakdowns of some draft prospects. Uh, with all that, thank you very much for listening. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Again, I appreciate all of you. And uh, as always, go Niners.